0: Hello and welcome to the Permanent Good Podcast, a podcast that's part movie club, part improv comedy. My name is Craig Wells, aka Permanent Handle,
1: and I'm Alex Good, aka Alex Good.
0: And this might be a boring topic, and if it is, we'll pivot. Um, so you know Jerry, uh, Jerry Stiller, right? Um, who is Ben Stiller's dad? Um,
1: yeah, I don't. I'm googling him right now.
0: He plays George oh, Costanza's yep. dad yep. in Seinfeld, mm-hmm. and so if you don't know who he is, that's fine. I'm gonna circle back to it in a second. I'm just using him as an endpoint. He is revered as like just as much a legend in like 80s and 90s comedy as Ben Stiller is to like 00s and 2010s. Um, and so with all that in mind, you'd think like. Oh, I'm sure he has like a hit show or something like that. But he's in less than 30 episodes of Seinfeld and the show that he was a lead on was King of Queens well after his reputation had already been established. So I just I find it very funny that um, when Jerry Stiller died in like 2020, like everybody was like comedy legend. He deserved everything. He was the best in the business. And I'm like, for King of Queens?
1: Yeah. It's that's pretty weird.
0: I think about celebrities like that often. I love it when celebrities have a claim to fame, but then a much broader check that pays the bills. I'm trying to
1: Who um, can you think of other examples?
0: So I think the best example of the of the observation i originally posed is most of the judges on the voice
1: yes that's pretty where
0: good. you look at like, I, like I, the easy one to point to is blake shelton and adam levine yeah two musicians who have an incredible breadth of uh discography all of which was successful neither of them had a like they could have stayed in music they had no Strong reason they to both, pivot into the voice.
1: Yeah, they're both still in music, but it wasn't as lucrative as it used to be.
0: Yeah, and so I think Blake Shelton, specifically, you're like, oh, I know he was a famous musician. However, when you look him up, the first thing you're gonna see is Blake Shelton The Voice. Do
1: you know what's really sad. What's up? Reba is replacing him. Reba. It, had her... How is that sad, dude? She. I not she's like. She was so big. This chick had her own TV show, bro. That ran for multiple yeah. seasons. I know, because my family loved it. Lo- Reba my mom is one of those Reba.
0: celebrities that you really underestimate just how powerful she really is. Like, you look at Reba, and you're like, yeah, everyone knows Reba, but, like, it's Reba, whatever. And then you, like, look at what she's done and, like, the influence she has, and she, like... I would say like she is probably in like top five like current most influential people in the industry, like up there with like Dolly Parton.
1: Oh, as far as country artists go. Yeah. For sure. Female country artists. I think it's Dolly Parton, then her.
0: Yeah. Uh huh.
1: Um, I mean you're asking who knows nothing about country, but if I know them, that means they're big. That's literally how it works.
0: Yes. So, um, yeah.
1: They're like that's so, like the two godmothers of country.
0: I I just find it really interesting the um, and, and like another example is like Drew Carey and like what I, the uh, what yeah, what I'm Price describing is, right. is not the concept of like washed up. I'm not saying that any of these celebrities are washed up, but like Drew Carey had a TV show for seven seasons and he had whose line is it anyway, and now he's. I grew, I didn't know he was a famous comedian until I was in high school because the first time I met Drew Carey was when he replaced Bob Barker on the Price is Right. Right. And so in Drew Carey was always Price is Right guy first, comedian second until like college.
1: Um, That's ex- almost exactly how I feel about Tim Allen.
0: Yeah. Uh, this uh-huh. dude was
1: Santa Claus, bro. And then he did home and then he was doing home improvement which was freaking massive. And then he went to last man standing and I'm like, who's watching this (laughs) just parents in the Midwest for sure. And then once last man standing went down, I'm like, this guy's going to, I don't know where he is, but he's going to pop up somewhere. And I don't know where that's going to be. That's also every single host of America's funniest home videos.
0: Um, would it make you feel better if I know where if I told you I know where Tim Allen landed? Yeah, where is he? Um, on Disney Plus with the Santa Claus uh spin-off series that is on its second season somehow. Yeah,
1: that makes sense.
0: <laughs> That's it's
1: Love him to death. I feel bad.
0: Uh to death might be a bit of an exaggeration, but uh um, Yeah. I mean I, <laughs> I love I, I know here's what the thing. You mean. It's
1: hard for me to I love I mean, love is such a strong word. I really respect celebrities that come from Michigan, and there's not a bunch sure. of them. Yeah. It's like Madonna, Terry Crews, Eminem, and him. And then you got a bunch of guys who got <laughs> famous doing like one thing, which is like Sinbad got big, super big and stand-up for, for like 20 years, and that was 20 years ago. And then you got and,
0: uh, Ernie Hudson. Ernie Hudson.
1: Yeah, yeah, the Ghostbuster.
0: But again, Ernie Hudson- Is just the Ghostbuster.
1: (laughs) Right. And then I guess you got Dax Shepard, who's from Detroit, but now he's more famous for his podcast than anything else.
0: Dude. Okay. I mean, this is just reiterating the same point, but like, again, the podcast sphere is is doing what we just described in terms of like judging and hosting shows. Yes. It's doing the same thing. We're like- I used to be on this really
1: big show, really big movie- People like me enough that I can make the transition to podcast and have it not be that big of a deal and probably still get pretty good numbers.
0: And like, I think maybe the best example of this is there's going to be a uh, in five years, there's going to be a large plurality of Conan O'Brien's audience that knows him as a podcaster and not a talk show host. Yep. Despite the fact he did it for 30 years.
1: Freaking forever, dude. He just interviewed freaking biden dude as a podcaster like that's a that, that's a tv host role and he did it as a podcaster
0: yeah so all this to say um celebrities uh confuse me and the money is never where i think it is yeah
1: can't wait till we're famous um, and we can be friends with these people
0: oh yeah uh-huh and then we can ask them like hey yeah just call them on the podcast the <laughs> Hey Rebel Wilson, I know you did 3 pitch perfect movies, but where are you getting money from these days? Yeah,
1: hey Tim Allen. Um, who do you look at and be like, "Man, their life sucks that they're taking that project." Any insight? <laughs> Give us the industry secrets.
0: Um, let's go into our movie segment. It is the last week of December, which means it's the last week of Joe December. Which we is also the up.
1: last freaking podcast of 2023,
0: dude. Oh yeah. Um, we are watching Silence of the Lambs. What a way to end the year. What a way to end the year. Um, (laughs) If you don't want to hear us talk about this movie, you can skip to this time code right here.
1: Time code, 30 minutes, 45 seconds. Did we started this year with Sky High and we're ending on Silence (laughs) of the
0: Lambs? (laughs) What? Um, So, Silence of the Lambs, is a psychological thriller, I guess you would call it. Yeah. Um, about Jodie Foster's character is a student in the FBI Academy or the C. Is it the FBI or the CIA? FBI. Uh, yeah. Okay. And she gets chosen mostly because she's a pretty girl to interview this serial killer to try to get insight so they can catch a Buffalo serial Bill. killer that's still out there by the name of Buffalo Bill. And the serial killer that she is interviewing is Hannibal Lecter, who is um, Anthony Hopkins. So that, that's all you need to know going into it before we start talking about it. Um, something that I knew going into this is um, Anthony Hopkins was, one of the things that this movie is famous for is Anthony Hopkins got nominated for, um, and did he win the award?
1: Um, yep. um, yeah, Anthony Hopkins, best actor in a leading role. Jodie Foster, yeah, best actress in a leading role. They both won. Th-
0: the point being is Anthony Hopkins at the time, I think had the record for second shortest amount of screen time for a leading actor nomination, let alone winning. Right. Um, and so knowing that statistic going into it, I thought he was going to be in like five minutes of the movie. He's it's pretty in-
1: substantial.
0: It, yeah, it's not like he's not in the movie. He's in 30 minutes of the movie. It's just it's a like, lot
1: for for a person to get nominated for a leading role.
0: Yes. So if that is a statistic that you have also heard, I just wanted to bring it up and say, hey, it's it's not that drastic. Um. So something we discussed at the beginning of Joe December that uh you know still reigns true is that um Miss Foster does not choose light material. Nope. And um this is not an exception. And I'm glad that she does it. I'm glad that Jodie Foster was kind of like 90s Hollywood's like, hey, do you have a, a a movie with heavy subject material and you need an actress that can handle it? We got Jodie for you. Also because
1: Every time she does it, gets an Oscar nom.
0: Yeah. So she's like,
1: it's been working out. And
0: and that's why I bring that up. Because I don't know how many other actors can do what she does Mm -hmm. to the height that she does it. Um, Every scene between her and Hannibal Lecter. It is a psychological battle. And you know who's winning every second of that conversation. Right. And that is is something that can only be done when you have two actors that can go tit for tat on pure demonstration of skill.
1: Dude, it was the whole thing. The acting in this whole movie is impressive. It's it's, why they won makes perfect sense. It's impressive across the board. All the leads, I would say most of the supporting characters are... So convincing that it just makes sense. A lot of that comes down to cinematography. If you read the trivia on IMDb, I mean, so many of the choices that Anthony Hopkins make that made adds to his character. Barely blinks. Looks. He looks down the barrel of the camera, dude, every single time. So he's like looking at you. When that's like a huge faux pas when you're making movies, he says, hey, don't look at the camera. We gotta pretend we're not here. He's staring at the camera. So he's just like, it's so uncomfortable. And Jodie Foster's character, like, I mean, she did such a good job, like portraying this, like, not naive but inexperienced. Like obviously she has psychological background. That's why she's in the FBI. She's a great student. That's kind of where she got the role. Like we need a psych student who's also female, who's kind of just gonna do whatever we tell them to do to see if we can get new information. And she plays it so well that like when she's getting read the rules be like, don't approach the glass. Don't tell him anything personal. Don't pass him any pens. Don't pass him any paper with staples. Stay and just like stick to the script. And dude, every time she deviates, everyone's just like, get away from the glass. Get away from the glass. What are you doing? Don't tell him anything personal. Don't tell him anything personal. They're just playing off each other so well. Like you said, that like every conversation they have, even though he's only on screen for 25 minutes and not all those 25 minutes are talking to our talking to Jody, it's so uncomfortable but like crazy engaging
0: now here's the consequence of that is we talked about this with top gun too is the movie that i think about this is when you have a part of your movie that is so obviously the best part of your movie whenever you're not doing that it's all you can think about right and so um at the end of the day um this movie is about Jodie Foster and the FBI as a whole trying to catch Buffalo Bill, a serial killer that is still out there. And so, you know, this movie is um like an hour 50 or is it something like that? Um or is it longer? Yeah, it, it's 2 hours flat. Okay. So th- this movie is 2 hours flat. And so there's 90 minutes that does not have Hannibal Lecter in it. There it there is 90 minutes of it that is investigate. I, I did not find the investigation as um, interesting as the interviews.
1: A lot of that investigation was third act too.
0: Yes. Oh, yes. The th- um, and like there's a scene where um Jodie Foster finds Buffalo Bills. No, where Jodie Foster finds Hannibal Lecter's old... Storage facility. Yep. yep. And she breaks in there and she finds this head, this decapitated head that's been in, like rotting in this jar. And um, I remember seeing that and being like, this is freaky. This is really cool, disturbing imagery. Um, I feel like we could be doing something else.
1: I just the whole time I'm thinking like, I don't know what we're looking at. I don't know what we're looking for. I don't know what we're looking at. I've I needed their interviews to take place so I knew what was happening. If that makes sense, because like you find yeah. a head and you're like, whose is it? Why is it here? How did you know where to go? Like she needed to break it down for me. Like I would have been the cop that fell for everything Hannibal Lecter said because he was oh, oh, like, yeah, he sure. was he plays such a smart character that like you don't want to talk to him. 'Cause like he's got everything figured out. Early in the movie, he talks a guy into killing himself.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh. That's
1: crazy, bro. So Um like,
0: and like, yeah.
1: Yeah, you just you always know this guy knows everything. He's smarter than everybody else, and he's got ice in his veins. Early in the in the movie, they're like, Hey, just so you know, there was one time that uh he faked being injured. Uh, nurse took him to an infirmary and he bit her nose off and his pulse never got above eighty. Like, this stuff does not excite him. He's just, like, calm the whole time. I'm like, what? This guy's a shark, bro. He's a shark.
0: And all this to say, I think there's a version of this movie where, like, I think the idea was don't give us too much of a good thing, right? Because as soon as you, all it takes is for one scene where the smart character is not written As effectively as they should be and Mm -hmm. the whole house of card crumbles and so by minimizing how much of the movie he's in you minimize the risk of that happening and i understand that but there's a version of this movie where the whole thing is about hannibal lecter's long con to escape out of prison
1: man oh man would you like the sequel to this movie hannibal which is about I mean, they made this movie did so well, they're like, let's just keep making movies, bro. I think there's yeah. three other movies with Anthony Hopkins playing Hannibal Lecter. Like um, they're like, let's just capitalize on this. But the thing is, is smart characters are only as smart as the people who write the script. Yes. Like you can't they have to be written by smart people. That's that's what annoys me about every single Who Done It. Cause the writers are just making the detective find stuff i'm like that's not how any of this works you guys aren't smart enough to write the smartest detective to ever live you know but like this was done so clean that like i never felt that we were without hannibal for a long time every time he's on screen i'm like
0: oh freaking
1: yes dude
0: and like i understand you know this movie is based on a book hannibal's based on a book the prequels are based on a book like, there's source material they're basing this off of, you know? It's not like one screenwriter had a flaming quill and was like, let me get all this down. Yeah. Um, But, you, you know, we're talking about the movie, so this is what we have to analyze. Um, I also think a lot of the third act...
1: Where would you define where the third act starts?
0: Oh, what a great question. Where Hannibal breaks out? I watched out. this movie... Yeah, probably... Um, I'm going to be honest. I watched this movie three days ago and I was incredibly sick. So my memory is, on the finer details is not exactly the best. Yeah. Um, I think
1: once you see him start picking the handcuffs, I'm like, this is the third act when the dude about to even, break out.
0: You could even make the argument that when Hannibal Lecter is brought to the glass, uh, the relevant city, yeah, and like talks to the senator like that. That's kind of end game mode. Um,
1: yeah, that's when the movie gets good. Dude, the whole movie is just like getting good.
0: Yes, fifteen so, minutes in,
1: you meet this guy, and you're like, oh my <laughs> gosh, this is intriguing.
0: And there are really there are a lot of iconic things from this movie. Um, Hannibal Lecter talking about pairing wines with flesh is super iconic. Um, Hannibal Lecter, um disguising himself as
1: a cop by wearing his face.
0: Yeah. As an almost dead cop by wearing his face and watching him peel that face off like some sort of sicko mission impossible mask is like, is really powerful imagery.
1: Dude. Also like him just going up to the holes of his cage, smelling and be like, I know what perfume you wear. Like, and
0: and giving specifics about it. And like, yeah. Uh, uh,
1: it's like, and looking at her shoes and just like, what is going on? He's just like, so creepy. It's so well done. Um, To be honest, who cares about Buffalo
0: Bill, you know? Honestly, who cares? yes. Okay, there's there's a part in the climax of this movie that frustrates me to no end. Is it night vision? Uh, no. It's yeah, that made me mad. When It's when Jodie Foster... Gets into Buffalo Bill's lair and the girl that's kidnapped in the well won't shut up. And then gets like specifically gets mad at Jodie Foster because she needs to stop Buffalo Bill before she gets her out of the well. It's the most
1: understandable thing being like, okay, the good guys are here. Let What's the alternative? We both sneak out and then he's gonna chase us? Like, you take care of the bad guy. I'm relatively safe down here. I think the plan was like, you get me out, I'll run away while you take care of him. I'm like, what do you you don't even know how you got here, woman.
0: And so I, I felt like I did not like her as like a victim. She was not a very um empathetic victim. She's empathetic when she like in the fact that like you know, she's a kid, she's a young girl like I
1: mean, she's a realistic victim, but I didn't
0: Yes, for sure. But,
1: but like didn't I felt appropriately bad for her, but it, but I was rooting for Jody. You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> yes, uh-huh. Um so I think as far as a psychological movie goes, I think this checks a lot of boxes. Um uh Hannibal Lecter and Jody Foster's character Um, establish a quid pro quo at at a point where like he gives her answers about serial killers and she gives him details about her childhood and like lets him psychoanalyze her. Oh, by the way,
1: like he's a doctor of psychology. So they call him Dr. Lecter all the time because he's just like freaking tearing. Like he can, he's just picking up on the finer details that like no real psychologist could do. And he's doing it accurately. Like this guy's obviously a psychopath, and he's just like psychoanalyzing everything she says, and she and knows those it's scenes, happening.
0: Yeah, and those scenes are so cool. Um, but I think as a crime drama, I don't love it.
1: I think I I like it when the bad guy is smarter than the good guy. Yes, that's except terrifying.
0: Ba- I agree. <laughs> Except the bad guy in this movie is an idiot. Oh, and Buffalo Bill? Yeah. Which kind of goes back to the point I was making earlier, where, like, if Hannibal Lecter was just the bad guy, then, like, I think I would have found it a much more effective crime drama.
1: I'm kind of cool with it the way this is. I like movies where there's more than one bad guy and you're trying to figure out who to focus on. So this gives me like kind of dark night vibes where you have the Joker and two face. I'm like, I like having more than one bad guy and they work and they like add off to each other. It's like when one bad guy's on screen, you have another person to worry about. I like that a lot.
0: So I agree. I 100% agree. The issue with that is at no point does Buffalo Bill feel like a formidable threat. The, it feels like the only reason we haven't caught him is cause he's slippery. Yeah. Um. And
1: that's Two Face vibes, dude. Two Face is only the bad guy for the third act of the movie. You need to have a, and that's literally Buffalo Bill. Like he's got like he's a problem through the whole movie, but like he's the FBI's problem. He's America's problem. Hannibal Lecter when is jody Foster's problem.
0: But I don't think Buffalo Bill was. A smart enough antagonist right. to warrant bringing out the big guns. I oh, think that Buffalo yeah. Bill should have been a little bit smarter himself, so that way We're Hannibal like, Lecter's involvement have to resort feels to justified.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. I think like it's not a testament to how smart Buffalo Bill is; it's how dumb the FBI is. Sure, like the yeah. FBI just couldn't figure out the patterns. They didn't know what was going on. This is also like fledged i mean they were still carrying down revolvers as their service weapon
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs)
1: so like this is before like this is like when psychology and the fbi's behavioral unit is like brand new they're still trying to figure out how to profile people
0: like less than 20 years
1: yeah she's like what can you tell me because her boss who put her on this case was like what can you tell me about this guy he goes he's white he's lonely he likes power. I'm like, oh, so you've narrowed it down to most dudes. Just tells <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> me nothing. And then she asked Hannibal Lecter, and he's like, I know his name. What are you talking about?
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's
1: crazy what this guy can do. And like, I think it wasn't so much that he was smart. It was that like it was a big deal to the nation. Yes. Like uh-huh. he only this was like his fifth person. In the grand scheme of things, you should be way more worried about a school shooter than a person who's only killed four people.
0: And that's outside of this movie. It is something I find very interesting is like the difference between, um, they have a term for it. Um, I think like the difference between like a mass murderer versus a serial killer is a very fine line. Right. Um, but you know, in movies like they a serial killer that has killed 4 people is a big deal. And not to like. That's four different opportunities to fun. get.
1: That's four different opportunities to get caught. A mass shooter only has to get caught once.
0: Yeah. And so I understand. I I'm not trying to diminish the value of one murder versus another. <laughs> yeah. But like when when you've watched enough action movies where it's like the fate of 12,000 people are in your hands and then this one's like there's been four people. It's like, okay, well, you understand how the stakes feel a little different, though, right?
1: Yeah. I think it was also because the FBI weren't any closer to finding them. Like, we yeah. need to get ahead of this. Even if he kills two or three more people, we need to start now so we can get him before he hits 10 because they weren't even close. Um, And then you find out, like, I mean, what this guy was doing was bananas.
0: Yeah. It is uh, yeah. Almost it's, it's too actually, disturbing to
1: say on the podcast.
0: Yeah. I was gonna say, like, you know, we won't go into all that, but um some one of the funnier things that I noticed, and um I noticed this while watching Mindhunter when that show was airing, Rest in Peace, Mindhunter. I R. love R. you. R. Um is <laughs> how much the The FBI psych department travels. Oh, dude. Like, Jodie Foster is hopping across the country. Like, she's in Virginia and D.C. And you're like, okay, those are close. And then she goes to Memphis and then Chicago. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Where are we? What's going on?
1: Obnoxious, dude. You're like, thank God this woman doesn't have a family she cares about. And she's just like a student that's insane and a lot of times she's just traveling by herself and a lot of these are just car rides this chick does not fly
0: and they're also like day trips where it's like all right you're in virginia go to memphis and be back tomorrow
1: yeah hey can you go interview this neighbor can you interview this one person who might have seen them be like can we call them what are we doing but I don't know, man. It was apparently the FBI behavior unit has like commented on this movie that is extremely accurate, except for the fact that they're sending an untrained agent around <laughs> by themselves.
0: Yeah, they uh, they frequently bring up how she's still a student, which means there are several psychological checkpoints where if you wanted to like buy out of the movie they're like hey if you think this is weird so do we
1: (laughs) yeah it's yeah but i mean all in all dude this movie on imdb number 23 of all time right behind number 20 of all time it's a wonderful life we've watched top 25 best movies of all time back to back
0: now when you put it like that I definitely liked one of those movies more than the other, <laughs> <laughs> and n- not to say I want to make it clear. Not to say the other one's um, bad. Yeah, I-, I hope that the way I've talked about Silence of the Lambs makes it clear that, like, I like this movie. Um, it's just that I didn't love it, and some of it was a little boring. Um, so I would give this a comfortable seven and a quarter.
1: Okay. I'm giving it an eight and a quarter. I think there's a reason it's top 25. I think the pacing's good. There were a few slow parts, but like overall, the acting is phenomenal. The themes are phenomenal. I love when you write a smart character and they feel smart and you're not constantly seeing holes in the logic. Everyone, I mean, dude, this movie was just done so well that I don't want to watch any of the sequels and prequels because I think it's going to mess it up. It's That's fair. Great, dude. This is a great movie. It's rated R for a reason. It is intense. Macy was checking her pulse during this movie.
0: Dang. Wow. Like she was
1: stressed, bro. It's a great movie. Rated R for a reason, but you should 100% watch it.
0: All right. Well, welcome back to our um, non-movie listeners, if you're still kicking somewhere out there. Um, now, we're going to move on to our improv segment. I like this segment, but we don't do it often. And that's on purpose. Um, This segment is called Winging It. Um, The way this works is um, Alex and I are going to throw each other into situations where you have to give a prepared speech. Only, obviously, we have nothing prepared. And so um, you must improvise the speech itself. Is this called real life it is called real life i think okay. it but i th- i think i disregarded that name because winging it makes way more sense it's, it it
1: it keeps us from having to ask what's real life again
0: yeah um and uh the other person uh judges how well you did and if you would have uh survived doing that in real life okay dude um
1: This freaking stresses me out when I've had a couple drinks. (laughs) I really wish I I had time to focus.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I forgot. Would it help if I went first?
1: Yes. I'm three drinks in and it hit me hard (laughs) like five minutes ago.
0: (laughs) Um, Okay. So what what am I winging it?
1: Sure. Um, You're going to toast. You're going to come up with a toast for the new year. You have friends there. You have family there, and then you have people you haven't met before, but you've talked to for like a couple, but probably the last hour or two. And it needs to sound like, dude, like you read it somewhere. Like you're trying to like motivate these people into the year. It needs to be long. It needs to have like a, I mean, it just needs to be a great way to start the new year.
0: And like every time we do this segment, I pull my microphone arm as high up as it can go so I can stand up. Oh, I love it. Um, everyone, everyone, can I get your attention, please? Um, uh, we've got about, uh, three minutes since, uh, until the, uh, ball drops. And I just wanted to take a moment to say how much I appreciate everyone being here. Um, mom, dad, you know, it's hard to keep you guys up this late anymore. So I appreciate you guys sticking around, um, to my friends that traveled all the way to this party. I know it's, it's kind of hard to make the distance, but, i'm uh i'm I'm glad you made it. um as time travels forward, um, <laughs> we are simply bystanders of life itself. We are faced with choices every day on whether or not we are going to observe or participate, and life is designed to be participated in, so I hope that as we look back on what we observed in this last year, we find the strength within ourselves to participate further moving forward. Um, Who are we to say, who are we to dictate um, what is important and what isn't important? Who's to say that um, what we may think is a catastrophe might be just a simple gust of wind to another person? Everything that we need in our lives is is laid out bare in front of us, and it is up and and um, and um uh uh sorry guys hold on um and uh sorry guys he's been drinking
1: um, he's been drinking it's okay. yeah
0: yeah um uh what do we uh, my hand, uh, my notes are smudging um um you took notes so uh, <laughs> um <laughs> is it really hot in here can someone turn on the AC um whew. um uh all choices we make our big decisions because it affects us always um one must always appreciate the freedom to make mistakes and embrace failure um oh, maybe. B- looks like the ball's
1: dropping guys
0: the, the, thank god uh three two one happy new year
1: dude i wanted to be like amen that sounded like a prayer <laughs> bro <laughs> whoa <laughs> I'm like, we've hit a couple of ums. Let's wrap it up, praise God, and get back to the show. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yikes, I, dude. I think we had a strong start, but as soon as I lost my momentum, it was gone. That's
1: when like people who have their who, they've been holding their glass up for so long, their arm starts to hurt and they start whispering to the person next <laughs> to them. <laughs> Oh, man, that's rough. Dude, do you know how nerve-wracking it must be to like, hey, Craig, do you want to do a toast real quick? you would be like, what?
0: (laughs) Can't Um, we just say
1: uh, a toast? (laughs) I hope we have a great next year, and I'm glad we get to spend time with our friends, and then we just clean glasses. (laughs) Like, I got to come up with one right now.
0: Um, My favorite thing about taking public speaking classes in college is watching people who... Clearly rehearsed some parts of their speeches way more than other parts of Dude. their speeches, and like th- they do exactly what I did. Was like they have the first ninety seconds down pat. It's clean, and they do, bro. And and you know that when they were rehearsing, they were like, "Oh, I got this. I I got this." Yeah, And they then, never and,
1: practiced the dismount. Yeah, uh-huh. and then and they end it with like <laughs> and uh, yeah um any oh questions
0: my God. oh you alex alex that like genuinely like triggered my fight or flight what you just did right there the um yeah is <laughs> no, devastating yeah oh or, or they go and that's the presentation yeah
1: and that's all i got if you guys have any questions God. <laughs> hoping and praying oh. no one has any questions
0: uh that is all nine circles of hell for me. <laughs> it's brutal, dude. <laughs> oh my god. Um okay. Um let me give you this. Um you are let me know if this is too big a bill to foot. Um you are commemorating a park in your family's name.
1: First of all, have you been reading my diary? That's what I, (laughs) dude, if I became a million billion gajillionaire, I'm 100% creating a park. I, dude, I was born for this. All right, here we go. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, I cannot explain to you what this moment means to me. My dad used to walk me down this sidewalk and just look at this field and just talk about the possibilities. We could have sworn. The city would have turned this into like apartment buildings or condos. Some developer was going to turn it into a subdivision. And we just stared at this open area. I could have sworn there was like a park there that maybe like a kid got hurt on once or twice and had to tear it down. It's been an open field for years. And I walked, it past, I walked past it every single day on my way to the bus stop. And then my dad would meet me here after he finished work and he'd drive me home. And I passed it every single day. And I cannot tell you how it makes me feel that we're going to name this after my dad. He, I'm sorry.
0: Sorry. He's had he a would few
1: drinks. Be, he would be <laughs> so proud of the city of you people for voting. Um, our family as the one to commemorate this uh, plot of land for, I want to thank the city council members on the project and then the grant to put in the playground again to build a recreational garden for all of us to use and and just a place to spend our family spend time with our family because my kids will grow up visiting this park and know that that tree is named after our family this park was provided by the city and named after our family and that this will still be here when their grandkids and their kids are going to the same bus stop. I went, I cannot tell you what that makes me feel. I am so honored to be here with you guys. And, um, yeah, any questions? uh, (laughs) I guess this is when we cut the ribbon.
0: Um, I do want to (laughs) say, <laughs>
1: I, I I literally don't know what people say. And be like, and that's all I got, and that's my time.
0: Um, I do want to say once you said they had to tear down the park because a kid got hurt or something, I couldn't focus on anything else Dude, you said. That after always that. happens. That always and happens whenever there's a field. Opened.
1: There's always like a guy who like went down the slide too fast, or there was a like. There's always like some place to get tetanus and some kid got hurt and they're like I guess we're gonna tear it down we can't sue the city
0: so there was this campground that my family and I used to go to all the time and um when I was a kid I would judge campgrounds based on how good their playgrounds were yep. and facts i rem yeah and I remember this campground having like a pretty half decent playground but and like the Peak de resistance was um, it had this like six piece train set and each Whoa. like train and each train piece was like um, three feet tall, four feet tall, like Holy just big, like just big enough for a kid to kind of like crawl into. Um, and that was like the best part about it. And then one year it was like gone and we were like, what happened? And the owner was like, Bees. Lots yeah. of like like bees just like nested in every single one and yeah. we were like, Oh my god
1: Dude, it's always like yeah, we there was one kid who got allergic and we're like we just it just wasn't weren't the liability. One kid tried jumping off the swing and broke his arm. Also, I always grade playgrounds by what they use in the play area. Like mulch is the worst. It's the worst. Maybe dirt might be worse. And then it goes right above that. There's gravel which is most like school playgrounds. Gravel's pretty awesome. And then the fancy places use like vulcanized rubber, like old tires. That's the good stuff, bro.
0: I'm glad that you didn't mention it because if your number one spot were to go to wood chips, our friendship would have ended. Yeah, but
1: wood chips, mulch, that's the crazy stuff. Like somehow this cushion is worse than just grass. You didn't need yeah. to put anything here. This is dangerous.
0: Like mulch is bad, but I, I was like, yeah, but at least it's not straight wood chip.
1: Oh, you know the things <laughs> they used to start fi- kindling? We're going to use kindling yeah. <laughs> for under the swing.
0: Are you nuts? Yeah. Um. What? I think we both nailed it. Um, Dude,
1: we're not going to talk about it anymore, but it could have been a lot worse. I all mean, right. not bad for people who do that in real life.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Um. Our middle segment. I'm doing. I'm calling this red flags light because it's not a full red flag segment, mm-hmm. um, but it is in a similar nature. Where this was a game that my friends and I used to play in college called um, "He's Perfect for You," where it's we say they're perfect for you in every way, but and then give a red flag, and you have to determine on whether or not that red flag is worth it. If they are perfect for you in every other way. Yeah, dude. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. All right. So uh,
1: what's the, what's the popular word? Uh, she's a 10, but
0: yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. So she's perfect for you in every way, but, but she has my taste in movies.
1: Holy crap, dude. That's so bad. <laughs> dude, that is so bad. I don't know, dude. That's like saying, like, she's perfect for you in every way, but she looks like me. But she's perfect for you every way, but she's my twin, bro. That's brutal, dude. Holy crap. I think I got to go no, dude. I think I'm going no. Whoa. Because the thing is, is like, you and I have overlap, but I know the thing that you really like is on the opposite. It's so bad. That like me and Macy are scared of every January where we have to watch your movies.
0: Oh, yeah. It's It's,
1: bad, dude.
0: And it's not good this year either.
1: So I'm like, (laughs) if I was with someone who was like constantly like, hey, will you watch this movie with me? I'd be like, no, 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 no. And then you'd watch the movies I like and you'd be like, this movie's kind of dry. This is a little too much of a slice of life. And I'm like, this is acting. This is dude.
0: I really need to send you like my full letterbox profile because I, I my taste in movies while on the podcast is honest. I definitely lean into the bit a little bit yeah I mean um, if you
1: look at this year or uh, season three over the past first two or the first two seasons, we have become much more aligned like not but, it's not even close
0: but I definitely agree like there is a there is a brand of movies. That like we would, I feel like more often than not, we would just not go to the movies together.
1: Because I think our sevens and eights are almost always seven and eights. There's a couple uh, weird ones, but we almost always agree on sevens, six, seven, and eights. Our nines and tens could not be further apart. (laughs) And I'm like, if you told me there was a movie you loved, I'd be like, I guess I'm never watching that movie ever. Uh... And, uh, you know, that's fine. But it's a deal breaker.
0: Okay. Up next has sorry. Has an all natural hygiene regimen.
1: Okay. So I'm gonna have to get used to like showering once a week. Yep. No shampoo in the hair. Uh-huh. No shaved legs, no armpit, shaved armpits. Um we're probably gonna brush our teeth with like baking charcoal. soda, charcoal, something like that. Um if
0: the 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 face wash is just like squeezing an aloe leaf directly onto your face
1: here's the thing i have no i have zero problems with leg hair first it just doesn't bother me what bothers me more is when you the period between like um you know i might also be spoiled because macy's hair is all like her body hair is all like super light so like even she her leg hair like in the winter when it is a little bit longer i can't see it but I think I think leg hair doesn't bother me. It's the armpit hair. Dude, I don't even have armpit hair. I shave it. It's just gross. It's also what like the odor sticks to. So like that might be the deal breaker. I think all this extra stuff is lo- straight up, as long as she didn't smell, no problems. I don't care if her hair um, is like greasy. I don't care if I mean if her teeth are clean and she does not smell, I have zero problems.
0: The the vibes I was kinda going with when I wrote that was Um, remember either earlier in the year or last year when, um, Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis talked about how like, they don't like bathe their kids or whatever. That's
1: totally fine. Cause they're like, we don't bathe our kids until they stink. Like we don't just bathe to bathe when they start to stink. Then we bathe them. And I'm like, well, that's how I would do it. Are we not supposed to be doing that? (laughs) Are people out here giving their baths to their kids just cause? No, when my kids stink, then I give them baths. That's how I, I do. Feel- I mean, like, is- people would just be like, every other day, we have to do baths. I'd be like, no, dude, if the kids don't stink, they've been inside all day. I'm just going to give them a bath just because? Totally cool with it. Doesn't bother okay. me. Okay,
0: they read 100 pages a day of fan fiction.
1: Frick, yikes, dude. Here's the thing. Make that your dirty pleasure that you don't talk to me about. Like, <laughs> Okay. Because that's macy's face when i talked to her about my call of duty Warzone wins she could not care less bro i'm losing my mind over here i've been i mean one round is 20 25 minutes could not care less so like if this is just one of those things that we learn not to talk to each other about go for it dude read your hour of fan fiction maybe hour and a half depending how fast a reader you are just don't talk to me about it you know
0: she gets genuinely offended when you don't bless her sneezes.
1: Um that's not a deal breaker. That's not a deal breaker. <laughs> it's, it's just, just one of those things that like you just learn to do.
0: Okay. Like, have
1: you ever met those people who are like, um, the first thing that comes to my mind is like they get upset when you call them by their name. Like you've been yeah. dating a girl and you call her baby, and then you're around other people and you call her by her name, or you just say your name and be like, No, my name's Baby and be like, Okay, okay. Now I know. And you just don't make the mistake again. I think it's just one of those okay. things. Be like, it's a super weird thing you get used to, and then you're fine. Not a deal breaker.
0: Um, She's still convinced that Bored Ape NFTs will bounce back.
1: Nope. Can't do it. It's like, <laughs> there's a level. I require critical thinking. Like, if you think the world is flat, I can't be with you. Because what? There are other lapses in your judgment that could get me killed, bro. <laughs> I can't be in the streets with someone like that, dude. That's crazy. No thanks. Pass.
0: Um. Next is she leaves her keyboard clicks on her phone on all the time.
1: I think that's cool. I dig it. Okay. It's one of those things that I don't do it, but whenever I actually like, I'm like, I'm expecting a phone call. and I can't miss this, and I turn silent off because silent's always on. I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot they do this. Totally cool with it. I think it's actually kind of oh. hot. <laughs> um. One of
0: my uh. One of my bosses like called me at work one day and I didn't pick up cause my phone was on vibrate. And when I saw him, he's like, dude, I called you twice. Why do you even have your phone? If you're not going to pick it up. And I was like, damn. Okay. Sorry.
1: No, I feel like this um, is like, it's kind of one of those things where like when you call somebody and they still have a custom ringtone, I'm like, dude, I didn't know we were still doing that. I like you more now that I know you're still doing that. That's good, Kind of the same vein.
0: Um, up next uh, there, this one's a weird one. Um, there is a hole in her wrist that you can see all the way through to the other side. It's Which, perfectly healed. Okay, like you know, it's l- just skin like, all
1: the way through.
0: Uh huh. And like you could, it's like she could hold up her wrist, and you could like look at each other through it.
1: Doesn't in fact, her hand is other than that fine. Yeah. Uh, is it her dominant hand or non-dominant hand?
0: Does it matter?
1: Yes. And um, does it hurt at all? Is it, it fragile, feel, delicate, anything like that?
0: <laughs> um, I mean, like.
1: Is it more y- prone to breaking?
0: I mean, in the sense that, like, if you were to, like, grab her by the wrist, it would yeah. probably be a little more. F- um. It
1: hurt a little brittle, bit more than. Okay, but
0: okay, yeah, okay. but it's not. But it's not like a toothpick. OK,
1: OK, OK. Again, you didn't answer. Dominant, non-dominant? I
0: know. I would love for you to explain.
1: Okay, so you wear your watch on your non-dominant hand. There would be a watch over a hole in her arm. That would be weird. <laughs> if the if the hole is on a dominant hand, doesn't affect a watch, doesn't affect a lot of bracelets.
0: What if she... So whatever. What if she was going to wear the watch over the whole wrist?
1: That's like... crazy, bro.
0: Hold on. Okay, so... It's just as crazy to you that she would switch which wrists she wears a watch on to cover a blemish. That's equally as weird as having the weird blemish. It's
1: one of those things I'm like, hey, you know the rules. You're either not going to wear a watch <laughs> or you're going to put the hole in the other hand. Like, those like, the rules. I don't make can them. Can you
0: imagine? Hold on. Can you imagine, like, somebody wearing up? or like showing up to a function in a suit and they're wearing like a brown belt with a black suit. And you're like, dude, you're not supposed to do that. And they're dude, like,
1: yeah, I judge. Those oh, people hold on. So Let me
0: finish the joke. Damn it. Oh, please. Right. I
1: knew it was a joke. And I'm like, we can this. This cannot stand.
0: Uh, Cause I was just going to say oh, like, Oh, you're not, you know, you shouldn't do that. And the guy's like, yeah, all my other belts burned in my house fire. This was all I had left. And you were like, Still not supposed to do then it. Then
1: don't wear a belt. What are you doing? Oh, you're all the rest of your pants burning house fire. These are the only pants you have and the only belts you have. What are you doing here? Shouldn't you be out providing for your family? You have nothing. This is a horrible decision making on your part. And you come out here thinking people aren't going to judge you. I'm judging you more now that I know you're here at a fundraiser when you should be fundraising for your family. Freaking priorities, bro. All I'm saying oh my is God. non-dominant hand with a hole in it, deal breaker. Dominant hand with a hole in it, not a deal breaker. Hold got on. More?
0: Wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, I got one more. Okay. Um. Uh. She got her tongue split during her goth phase in high school.
1: Freaking no. Tap out. No way. No way. No way. I wouldn't even be friends with her, bro. Freaking okay. no. Unless, unless she was like, this is a horrible mistake. I can't go back. What do I do? And then I would be friends with her, but wouldn't be with her. But if she didn't have any regret whatsoever, sorry, got to go. Can't even talk to you, actually. Can't even talk to
0: you. Macy, you have the opportunity to do the funniest thing in the world right now.
1: How do I get Alex to divorce me? I can't be seen as the bad guy by cheating or anything like that. I know what I'll do. I'll split my tongue in half, and he'll have no choice but to divorce me.
0: But, like you like you do know that split tongues like they don't go all the way down, like they yeah, s- it's like halfway,
1: it's right not to like even
0: it's like the top quarter,
1: it's like right where the tongue ties to the bottom of your mouth, they go back to that point and then stop, yeah, it's like the first third, gross, bro, hey, if you're allowed to do that, I can do, dude, it's one of those things that like I guess what I look like doesn't matter anymore, doesn't matter,
0: uh, so that was red flag's light, um, God, yeah. I, we. I had a whole separate secondary bit that I was planning to do with that that I didn't even I knew we weren't coherent enough to do that.
1: All right. Well, Craig, Uh, that was uh, that was our middle segment on to our one hit wonder. Uh, It's called decreasing taste. All I'm saying is there's going to be you're going to be introduced to a friend. They're going to tell you their favorite, whatever. You're going to be like, well, that's actually not that good. And they're going to be like, well, at least it's not as bad as my other friend. And then you're going to come up with their favorite, whatever. And then they're going to be like, well, at least it's not bad as my friend. And they're going to tell you their worst, whatever. So just three things. So for instance, let's just say it's movies and someone goes, my favorite movie is Forrest Gump. And you're like, well, that's not a great favorite movie, but like whatever. And you tell them this and be like, well, guess what? My friend's favorite movie is Ice Age. And you're like, what the heck? And then. We're gonna imagine a conversation with them and their favorite they're like, well, at least it's not as bad as this other guy. And their favorite movie is 40-year-old Virgin or whatever. So I'm just gonna give you I do, a topic. Yes,
0: I, okay.
1: And you're just gonna go three levels deep where someone's like, Well, this is bad, but it could be so much worse. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. I'm not like, gonna lie to you right now. I just used that the only example I had already in my head. <laughs> um, first concert ever. Or let's just do favorite live concert they've been to.
0: Okay. So as far as live concerts go, um a Let's be reasonable fav-
1: tier one reasonable but not a great decision.
0: Um I'm gonna say um oh I had it um
1: for some reason oh Fallout I'm gonna Black say Black comes my
0: head. um imagine dragons
1: okay yeah so who would they feel superior then even though that's obviously not the right answer.
0: Um, well, they would feel superior than someone whose favorite live show they went to, um, was the band that your dad's friend is in. Freaking. Whoa. (laughs) That's (laughs) rough. (laughs) Like,
1: first of all, the tickets were free and the drinks were half off and there was a lot of cute girls. All right. And it was a small (laughs) audience. So. Okay. Uh, so tier three, who are, I mean, what's worse than that, dude?
0: (laughs) Um your local entry level singing competition at the youth fair.
1: I think that person just, I just hasn't like, experienced anything else. <laughs>
0: yeah, but like you're discovering raw talent like on the ground level. Like you are truly being like an entry level fan to like aspiring musicians.
1: Yeah, dude, that's brutal. <laughs> um,
0: I like discovering artists at their at their beginning.
1: Be like, I remember back when they were doing everything acoustic because they were the only member of the band, and they were just playing guitar. And then they slowly added members. I remember it was just Casey before Casey in the band. I
0: Freaking remember yikes. when I I remember when Casey got his first amp and was able to play on a speaker.
1: Yeah, before we were just huddle around a campfire. You guys don't know him back then.
0: <laughs> I saw him back when he was playing at grad parties, dude.
1: <laughs> That's bad, dude. Um, let's do favorite book.
0: Um, I I. I I'm gonna say tier one is like a Tom Clancy book.
1: Yeah, that's fair. I don't know much about him, but I'm like, there's got to be a couple. I mean, Terminalist got made into a show, so it's got to be I, yeah, kind of good.
0: I mean, I mean, Tom Clancy is like one of the most. I don't want to say one of the most because th- that's not true. But like, I associate him as like the most adapted author. Yeah, and like that's got to be for a reason.
1: Yeah, for sure. He's like the dad's author. Okay. Um,
0: and then after that, and I'm willing to explain this. You're going um, to need to. It's going to be it. Uh,
1: because... Okay. Yeah. You don't need to explain it.
0: Okay. Cool. Be like, but
1: the movie, be like, actually, the book was so much better. I be like, do you know what's in the book? Do you <laughs> know what happens? Yeah.
0: Do you know how he wrote that book?
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, you guys, do your own research. I don't like saying that, but this is one of those times where I can't, I can't, uh, yeah we're we're gonna move on uh <laughs> yeah. tier three worse than um, that that person's superior the guy who loves it favorite book is superior than
0: um the guy like oh the um the the um the guy who totally misunderstood catching in the rye or catcher catcher oh, in the rye
1: dude freaking yikes dude
0: like if there's hey, if you're in college and you see a guy on campus carrying a catchy of carrying a copy of Catcher in the Rye run.
1: OK, I'm going to wrap it up with one and then you can give me one at the very end. OK, favorite Broadway musical.
0: Um, Tier one is rent.
1: Yeah, that's a really good tier one. Because I've definitely because met the- people whose rent was favorite one. I'm like, uh, yeah, OK, I can see that. But like, whatever.
0: Um, and fair. then after that is be more chill. Um, <laughs> what a drop, bro! Freaking yes. Yeah, and then after that is any Star Kid musical. Don't give me a shot of alcohol and twenty minutes to talk about my disdain for Star Kid musicals.
1: Okay, that is fine. <laughs> the only Star Kid I think I can think of is Very Potter musical.
0: Um, they also did um, uh. Holy musical Batman. Oh. And whoa, dude. There's also like a TikTok uh, there's a lot of TikTok audios that are from them. Like the one that's like a I don't wanna do the work today. I don't really wanna do yeah, that's also Stark. I again I gotta stop. Otherwise I'm gonna launch into a tangent. Yeah, I mean Um, a lot
1: of our audience is gonna have to Google those, but if you know, you know.
0: So Yeah, what'd you uh the one that I'm gonna have for you is Again, if this is a big build-a-foot, um classy hobbies and interests.
1: Oh, dude. I'm so glad you did this. Um, if your favorite hobby or your favorite interest is oh there's so many, dude. There's so many. <laughs>
0: Alex right now is like flipping through his old school like contact index book of weird hobbies and interests. Yeah, I'm
1: thinking of stuff I did. I'm thinking of what other people did. Classy. Oh, bro. Okay, well, we're going to do this. Um, dressing. Formal dress wear.
0: So, um, we're talking suits,
1: like- tuxes, the guy who ties his own bow tie, collects the hats and has a hat for each suit. Hasn't a dude wingtips the whole thing. But they also wear that stuff to like graduation parties. Okay. So birthday sh- like birthday parties. Your,
0: yeah. Like, and the junior version of that is like the kid that would always wear suits in high school. And you're
1: like, yeah, life. I'm just like, I get that. This is your thing. I get that. This is classy time in a place. My guy, it's always time in a place. And also like you go to max, Two weddings a year. And then are you wearing the rest of like funerals, birthday parties? I mean, baby showers? Like, what other times are you going to wear this to church? Are you going to wear a three piece suit to church? Are you wearing your own custom tux to prom? It's just like, I get it. I guess dressing nice is nice, but like, this is so expensive and you don't do it enough. But that guy is way, (laughs) way, way better than. Dude who is into, like, early film. Like, I want to say early talkies and silent films. And that's all they watch. They're like, Criterion Collection, that's too new. Have you heard of (laughs) Buster Keaton? That guy was the all-star. You need to look more niche than that. Be like, listen, I get like this is like (laughs) old Hollywood.
0: Hey, watch this. It looks like this train is coming right at us
1: be like, "Do you know how much money they spent on this set? Do you know where they found this actress?" Be like, "The reason this is the talkies were already out, but they had to be silent for the art piece." I'm like, "I dude, that's like a class you can study in college. You can't take that home with you. <laughs> Leave that in college. Don't make that your personality." Um, and I think I'm going to wrap this up with um <laughs> uh Blacksmith. <laughs> Whoa, (laughs) it's it's borderline classy because it's I mean, working with your hands, you can make cool stuff for your friends and stuff. But like it's if it's not a rude, here's the thing. This is one of those like we had to leave it at college. Leave it on Discovery Channel. This is not a hobby you do. This has to be how you provide for your family because that is such a wild thing to do on your own time.
0: That is so wild. That is. I mean, cool. it was going to
1: have to get crazy with tier three. That's insane. I mean, the only other option would be like pick up lines in foreign languages. It's got to be like straight up degenerate stuff.
0: <laughs> oh, but I, you know what? I'm going to piggyback off of what you said. I would just say that tier three is just French.
1: <laughs> yeah, but it'd be like, oh, dude, it'd be like, where's your family from? Oh, we're Italians. Be like, why are you learning French? There's a girl I like. She's from France. She's in my class, and I want to impress her. She your girlfriend? No, I just want to impress her. And be like, you're learning a language for a girl who has no idea who you are. What do you, I mean, I mean, French is the most pretentious language, right?
0: Oh uh, yeah, like, yeah, it's well, like okay. somehow Hold it's on. worse I than. Say. I
1: mean, Latin's up there.
0: I I don't want to say that French is the most pretentious language. What I will say is French class had the teacher I hated the most.
1: <laughs> I will say cute girls took French. Smart girls took Spanish. Well, that's a one hit, dude. Decreasing taste. It's never coming back. I mean, could be a good thing. Could be a bad thing. I kind of like it, but it is what it is. Um, do you want to do free ballin'?
0: Let's do free ballin'. I have two. I got
1: I'll do two, too two as well i have loads because i'm an addict but i'll do two as well
0: um i would like to start with um five nights at freddy's so okay um where to start with this one um this movie is very divisive um because this movie was panned by critics and adored by fans it's it's it is one of those things where like this movie was not made for people that watch movies. This movie was made for people that played the five nights at Freddy's games. Um, If you are unfamiliar with the five nights at Freddy's games, uh, the short version of it is like, it's a horror game where you watch um, security cameras to keep track of haunted animatronics. And it would jump scare you with like Chuck E. Cheese style animatronics. Yeah. You had to look
1: at them for them not to move.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so they adapted it into a movie with Matthew Lillard, Josh Hutcherson, and the girl that plays Beck in You. Um, And um, as the games grew, they had this incredible reputation for this underneath the surface yet incredibly well-crafted lore where there's this uh a lot of mystery that goes on behind the scenes in this universe and when the movie got announced people were like i wonder how in depth this movie will go um and so with all that in mind um i don't know the lore going into it so i I was kind of hoping to be taught by this movie right Um, that's fair this movie is filled to the brim with creativity um the animatronics are gorgeous oh my it, it is genuinely maybe one of my favorite pieces of um practical effect costuming that i've seen in modern cinema it, it, it if you look up just like a trailer for this movie these it's one of those suits where you look at all the animatronics and you're like i don't believe that that is real oh, um i don't sick. believe that people were able to make this Um, and when this movie was talking about the lore, it is very interesting. Like when the movie had a story to tell, I, I thought it was really cool. And the jump scares that they were able to pull off with a small budget and a PG 13 rating was impressive. That being said, as a functional movie, it is incoherent, sloppy, and difficult to watch. The acting is rushed. The direction is all over the place. Um, it th- The the exposition and the way that the movie tried to set up scenes felt basic. And everything was like, well, we need this. We need X to get to Y. So uh. we got to ham fist X to make sure Y is as apparent as possible. So... This is a movie that I went in with a kind of a closed mind. I kind of thought it was going to be bad. But as it got started, I'm like, oh, I'm willing to be proven wrong. And I wasn't. Um. So at the end of the day, I want I would be willing to continue to watch this franchise if they make more movies. But they have an uphill battle. They got to find a way to make that storytelling come across way better than they did this time around.
1: I think they are making a sequel for it.
0: And I'm cool with that. And I'm interested in seeing it. It's just gotta be a a more well-structured movie. It's like, it's the thing that we talk about every time we talk about horror movies is you can scare me all you'd like. You also have to be a good movie. And this simply wasn't. So all the points that I give it are purely for the 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 nut of a movie, the seed of a movie that I can tell is in there. Um, so probably like four and a half. Freaking yikes,
1: dude! Um, I watched Naiad. Okay, we were talking about doing it on the podcast because it is Jodie Foster's like one of her newest movies that is starting to become critically acclaimed. She plays the coach of a swimmer who is trying to swim from Cuba to the Florida Keys. Um, It's never been done before. It's based off a two-story. The swimmer has made the attempt before in her 20s, and it just didn't pan out. Um, She had a bad navigator, so I think she quit 25 miles in. It's like a 100-some-mile swim, 110, something like that. Um, There's a bunch of problems. First of all, it's open-ocean swim. Another problem, sharks. Another problem, jellyfish. Another problem, She's going no assists. So that means no one can touch her the entire time. She Can't stop on a boat. Can't take any rest. She's swimming through the night for more than one night. Um, she fails and then she makes the attempt again in her 60s. Um, the swimmer is played by a woman named Annette Benning. She plays Diana Nyad. Uh, and Jodie Foster plays her coach, Bonnie Stroll. They are just like super close friends. And Bonnie is also a coach. Like that's her profession. And she comes and she's like, I will coach you all through this swim.
0: I f- sorry. It was just very funny. I'm sure I do it as well. But when you're like, when you say a very famous actress, very hesitantly, like this woman named you, know, this little nobody named Annette Benning.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's one of those things that like, I have to remind myself that we might know who they are. Most people have no idea. Like she was in American beauty. She was in the grifters. She was in 20th century women. That's like her, like made for four or known for. Uh, She's also in the kids are all right. She was in captain Marvel. She's in a bunch of stuff. People might not know who they are. I mean like people don't know who Mahershala Ali is. I'm like, what? Yeah. What? So like, she's famous. You might not know her. She got nominated for a golden globe. I bet you she's going to get nominated for an Oscar for this because like the character is obsessive and you have to be, she's based off a choose, like a real story. There's multiple attempts. She does not, when she goes back to do it at 60, she doesn't do it in the first try. So she's like obsessive. She's like, I'm destined for more. I have to do better. Um, And it's such a convincing character that because this is one of the first movies I've seen her in uh, at this age, like, I'm like, is this person, is this actress like this in real life?
0: <laughs> jodie foster
1: plays an amazing coach there's also a bunch of other cast members like the navigator is super um influential and important to the story and the emotional connections and the dynamics in this movie are great it's also very very interesting um okay I, I i think she ended up doing the swim in like 2016 or 2017 like she completed it um it was 110 miles and i'm like i should know when that happened. That's not that long ago, but i like, I guess I just forgot about it in the grand news cycle. It's PG 13, two hours long on Netflix. Well worth the watch. It's a little bit of a steak dinner. It's not, I wouldn't say it's filmy. It's just a true story. So like, there's a lot of exposition. There's a lot of storytelling. The characters are important, but like it feels longer than two hours. Um, 100% worth just, the watch though.
0: Just in case you were curious, um, her third attempt was on 2011. Her fourth attempt was in 2012, and her fifth and final attempt was in 2013.
1: Okay, that tra- I'm like, it's one of those things. I'm like, dude, we were in high school. How did we not remember that?
0: I remember her third attempt because I remember being in middle school and them talking it to- because her third attempt is the during one a that storm. She, uh, yeah. Um, or Wait, like she- I re- I remember people talking about it when she like restarted, like when she broke her hiatus. Um, yeah, it's just t- like
1: I I wish I remembered this because I remember um, I watched the movie Thirteen Lives based off the uh Thai soccer team that got stuck in the caves and they had to be rescued. And I'm like, when I watched the movie, I'm like I remember this happened in real life. I'm like, this is such a good story. How come I don't remember this? Um, it's great, well worth the watch. I would say it's a seven and a half for sure. Okay, dude.
0: rock on. Um, I watched a movie called anatomy of a fall. I was telling you about this a little bit earlier, but it, um, it got, it's been touring around a bunch of film festivals. Um, it was showing at a theater that was like just out outside of my driving radius. Um, but it's one of those movies that like nobody that I've seen has given it lower than a four out of five stars. Like everybody's crushing the, like loving this movie. um, so this is a courtroom drama about a woman who lives with her husband and her son in um, France. It's a French movie. Half the movie's in French, but not all of it. Okay. Um, and one day, just you know, a normal day, her husband is found dead outside her house, outside of their house. Okay. And the question is, Did he fall accidentally out the window or was he killed and pushed out of the window? And since they live in kind of this isolate area, the only suspect is the wife. And so you are watching this part courtroom drama, part mystery of, because we as the audience do not know if she did it or not. Um and the courtroom drama parts of this movie are incredibly compelling. It kind of like how we were talking about with the accused a few weeks ago mm-hmm. where like the a similar effect happens where like we as the audience know she is the protagonist of this movie. We believe her. Our default believe her. However, the defense sprinkles in just enough doubt as we're going through the movie to be like well they're making some good points <laughs> yeah. um and oh my and and again that defense lawyer says some things that you or the, the prosecutor rather the prosecutor is like I just want to deck this guy he is obviously throwing some manipulation around so like it it's it, you feel strong emotions throughout the entire movie. My big complaints about it, though, is it is heavy on the exposition. Um, It takes an hour to get into the courtroom, and it is a two and a half hour movie. So I would have liked to see a version of this movie where like, they cut that in half, because by the end, I was a little tired. Okay. And like, people are in the courtroom for so long, I kind of got to a point where I was like, God, we're still talking about this? Um, But the other thing that I wanted to touch on before I ended was what's really cool and I think sets this apart from other courtroom dramas is the way that it focuses on the complexity of good but not great relationships gotcha. where these two people, obviously, you know, they were married. They've been married for like 15 years. They love each other. But they fight like other couples. And what happens when those fights are put under a microscope? What happens when the sins of the past are brought up to reflect your entire legacy? Like, it's these microscopic moments that are held under a headlamp and be like, is this enough motive to commit a murder? And it's a really interesting thought experiment on um that dynamic that being but again the pacing is rough I don't love all the characters and it, it it just goes on for a little while longer than I'd like um so again seven and a half
1: Craig I think it's time that uh we talk about May December
0: oh goodness gracious let's talk about it
1: um this movie I went into knowing nothing about it I knew that Natalie Portman was in it and um, I knew that Julianne Moore was in it. I'm like, well, these are all star actresses in a Netflix movie that's being promoted out the wazoo every single time I log in. I'm like, well, I got to see it
0: again. And, and this is another movie like Anatomy of a Fall that like is getting a lot of early Oscar buzz. Like people are saying these two have a shoe in for nominations.
1: So I'm just going to explain what this is. to The audience audience. Natalie Portman plays an actress. She is going to be living with and following around Julianne Moore's character, Gracie. Natalie Portman's character is called Elizabeth. Elizabeth is following around Gracie because she's going to be playing Gracie in a movie and she wants to get close to the character. The reason why she wants to follow around Gracie is because Gracie has an extraordinary life. It's extraordinary because when she was in her 30s, around 34, she fell in love with a seventh grader. This seventh grader and her formed a relationship. That relationship turned se- sexual. They were discovered in a pet shop. She was subsequently arrested. She was found to be pregnant. And she decided, I'm in love with this child. I'm in love with this 7th grader. I'm going to keep his baby. She gives birth in prison. And then when she gets out, she continues the relationship with this now 18-year-old. Or early 20s. um, I guess man now. So now that man is the father to became a father in seventh grade, maybe eighth grade when the baby was born. This story picks up 20 years after she was arrested. So this man is now early thirties, like 34, 34. She's in her late fifties. They have a daughter who is now in college, graduating college. Um, and they have two, they have a pair of twins, that are just graduating high school. Um, and they've been together ever since she got out of prison. And now Natalie Portman is going to follow around Julianne Moore, figuring out her motives, how does this relationship actually work, the whole nine. And that's the story. Holy crap, dude, this movie.
0: So, I'm glad you gave a pretty detailed explanation, because the I didn't like this movie very much. And the reason why is because this movie focuses on the wrong person because i think that the 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 arc that we see in this movie is what us watching julianne moore's character rationalize and defend the relationship that she had there is not a single ounce of guilt in her character yeah. and the movie is us exploring this lack of guilt and how it affects her entire family and her entire community. It's
1: literally through the lens of Natalie Portman where it's just like non-judgmental. Like, why are you, why are you like the way you are? I want to learn why you think this is okay. Cause I'm playing you in a movie. I can't really be judgmental if I'm playing your character. So we're watching as an audience being like,
0: what the what? However, as I was watching this movie, I was consistently not engaged and I was thinking, why am I not engaged? What is this movie missing? And then as we reached the end, I realized, oh, it's because I was much more interested in the man who had his entire potential for youth taken away from him, yeah. who whose entire young adult life was snatched up by this predator. And in this movie, we watch him come to terms with that. But that's a B plot for this movie.
1: Dude, that's third act only.
0: I wanted that to be the whole movie. I wanted to see him. I wanted this movie to focus on him being, yeah, this isn't normal, but this is the life I have. And I like it. And I'm cool with that. And then him realizing, oh, it's not cool. I should never have been okay with this. And it's. Too late for me to break it off and pretend like it never happened. Not just, I i have 20 years of my life that is impossible for me to reclaim. That was a much more interesting character to me. And the fact they didn't do that as the A plot is a crime.
1: Yeah, it's, I get why they didn't. I don't know if it's a crime. I think it was just a choice. And I don't think, I think it would be more interesting that way. But the movie is interesting enough. Because trying to get into it might be more interesting to see he's straight up a victim who's currently having a relationship with the woman who took advantage of him as a child, which is crazy. But I think you, because the whole story is Natalie Portman trying to figure out uh, Gracie or uh, Julianne Moore's character, it makes sense that she's following her around and figuring out her. Because you ca- in order for this to work, you need to understand that Julianne Moore, Gracie's character, Believes this 100%. She doesn't think she's a predator. She doesn't think she's a pedophile. Because she's still in love with him in his 30s. She genuinely thinks that he was mature for his age. Quote unquote. And she was naive. She emphasizes I was naive. I am naive. I'm just in love with what I'm in love with. Even though she straight up had an affair. She had a family bro. She's got grandkids. She left her husband for a 7th grader. So like I understand that you need to know. That in her eyes she's not evil before we go over and see straight up the victim's point of view otherwise the whole movie is like how could the victim fall in love with a person like this and then you just think the other person is evil the other person is evil but they don't think they are i like the way it's played out i think the con the subject matter was so wild that even though the acting was awesome like crazy i mean the fact that we're watching an actress play an actress who's trying to adopt another character and everyone did it. Everyone involved did a great job and um, it was just disturbing. Well executed, but disturbing.
0: Um, yeah, it, if this makes the Oscar sweeps that some people are expecting it to, I would be surprised. Um, I think
1: um, Julian Moore is probably going to get nominated. Um, I don't know if anybody else would.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, I didn't like it very much. Not even because of the subject. man. I just didn't like it. Uh, yeah. So, like, 5.75.
1: I'll give it a 6.5. It was interesting. I'm not going to watch it again. But, yeah, it was definitely interesting and the acting was good. But, like, freaking, it's rated off for a reason. It's also, like, freaking, dude, what are we doing? It's, a, it's also the first. I also, it's straight up getting a point. The reason it's 6.5. Because the subject matter I've never seen before, so points for originality. Yeah, but, I mean that's May of December for you, man.
0: Uh, okay, so I'm sure Alex has been waiting on the edge of his seat for this. So whenever I don't tell Alex what movie we're watching, he knows it's gonna be a bad time for him specifically, and I feel I feel the worst about this one because we've had to wait so long for it. So. This was originally supposed to be the plan for the 150th episode, but this strikes kind of threw all this out of whack. And I kind of there was no easy way to transition back into this. So I kind of feel like the first episode of the new year is the best replacement way to commemorate what's about to happen. So, when Alex and I first uh conceptualized the podcast, when we first decided It is going to be, at the very least, part movie club. I, as a joke, said, hey, how out of movies would we have to be to watch this movie for the podcast? And you said, dude, that's so low on my list. And I said, so what you're saying is if we're gonna get to it, it's gonna be a minute. You say, we'll do it for episode 1500. Uh, And I say, um, can we knock a zero off? And get a double special for 150. And you gave me the thumbs up. So, for the first new episode of 2024, Alex and I are gonna be doing a double feature of Mama Mia and Mama Mia, Here We Go Again. So, I don't know if this joke. Is funny at all to anyone else but me, but this has been a three and a half year gambit in the works. I have been actively not watching these movies. I have had so many opportunities to watch these movies that I have refused to give into purely because I knew that that this honeypot was about to pop. And i just want to say I'm excited. I got to
1: figure I'm going to be, I'm going to give you an audience. I do want to encourage drinking or drug use. I'm going to be so heavily under the influence when I watch these movies that my commentary on this upcoming podcast might, it might be nothing. It might be straight up intelligible. I might be, I might be drinking when we talk about it. I'm, this is like on the bright side. I will say there's an upside to this. We co- This was a called shot way early. We've watched so many weird movies since then. This is not going to be the worst one.
0: No, not it's, at all.
1: It's annoying, and I don't want to, especially knowing that y- the rest of your movies are coming up. This <laughs> yeah. is just bad. But like, I mean, we watched the lighthouse. So like,
0: we watched the lighthouse early.
1: So <laughs> I'm. I don't want to say I'm desensitized, but like, dude, I've seen. <laughs> I've seen some stuff.
0: <laughs> so
1: I think, we'll, I think we'll be fine. All right. I'm just not excited.
0: Hey, you'll live. Um, But until then, my name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle.
1: And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good.
0: Have fun, be safe, and make good choices.
1: And while you're at it, tell your mom I said hi.
0: See you next year.
1: Deuces. <laughs>